0: Hello everyone, welcome to an official podcast. I'm happy to see you once again. And today in the morning, just before our podcast, I was reading different news and all the headlines, all the hashtags are about like entities, metaverse, like what's next in 2020. So all these hype words, and I was thinking that hmm, maybe we should actually have this podcast and talk about all of the things. So
1: I'm your host, Alex Sapischuk. And I'm your host, Peter Smallfield, and Olag, I am excited about today's talk. I know you and I spent a long time on uh, Slack talking about this stuff and all the different, um, content that's out there about this. So I'm excited to talk about our guest today. So who's our guest? Our guest is,
0: I don't know. I am, maybe I have, I'm not sure if I can call our guest and crypto enthusiasm, NTT enthusiasm, innovator. Let, let's see what he can say about himself and how he, let's say, could label himself. So our guest is Kid Song. Kid Song is an amazing guy who, is, who had the chance to work in the past. Kid, why i am actually telling about you? Introduce yourself.
2: Yeah, 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 sure. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Uh, so my name is Kid Song. Uh, I'm based in Japan. Uh, I'm the um, APAC delivery center director from, uh, OSF digital, as Oleg said, we, uh, used to work very closely together and it's, it's, it's such an honor to be here. I've been a fan of, of the community. I've been listening to the, the uh, past podcast uh, a lot. And I know we had someone from for the company actually recently, uh, did, did a podcast, right? Uh, so yeah, very good to be here and very excited to, uh, you know, to talk about some of the very exciting topics around you know, uh, cryptocurrencies, uh, NFTs, metaverse, and, you know, how it comes to the context of, how it's going to uh, come into the context of, uh, of commerce, right? Um, but just a disclaimer uh, for the audience, you know, uh, I'm not an expert. I'm still kind of learning as we speak uh, because it's moving so fast and there's incredible amount of new information out there that is uh, very overwhelming, right? So what I'm trying to do is to develop this framework uh, in my head that allows me to take into account all the things that that's happening without being an expert, uh, in all of them. Um, uh, I, I want to be an expert in some of them, uh, you know, I, I, am in this I'm in telegram, but, uh, so it's kind of my approach, right. And it's, it's, it's just impossible to be an expert on everything. And anybody who tries, will just, you know, die of overwork. So. Um, This is
0: great. I actually, I I feel I heard somewhere just yesterday, there was another podcast about same metaverse and the lady over there was telling that we cannot be experts over here. It just started like last year, how you can be expert. It's like in those uh, job position with someone asking, Oh, I'm looking for crypto uh, developer with 20 years of experience. 20 years ago, there was no cryptocurrencies. (laughs) How you want to find developers with 20 years of experience. The same is here, like NFTs, they're pretty new. So I was you, kid that no one can be a real expert right now. And it's a journey, right? It's a learning journey, but at the same time, what is NFTs? Like this is uh, like, you can hear this buzzword everywhere. Like what in fact are NFTs? What is your call on that one?
2: Yeah, 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 great question. So um, you know, before we jump into uh that, you know, the NFTs and you know the discussion uh, later about all this hype, you know, I do want to kinda, you know, set the context that, you know, this is the fastest adoption of any technology in recorded history. Right. So uh back in uh nineteen ninety seven when the internet uh was invented, right? It has 150 million users and it was growing at a uh, a 60, 60, 65% a year. And now, you know, in, you know, today's world we have 150 million users uh, in crypto. Uh, and it's growing at a uh, 113% a year. Right. So I think this is why it's so hard for all of uh, us to catch up because it's growing at a ridiculous pace and it's only accelerating. Uh, I mean, we, we've seen the last year or uh, since, you know, the, uh, since 2020, uh, you know, the rise of uh, DeFi, NFTs, DAOs, you know, central bank digital currencies, stable coins, you know, in a way that, you know, none of us could have expected. And uh, yeah, it, it just happens so fast at such scale. Uh, and that's only going to continue. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously, you know, before we kind of jump into commerce and, you know, uh. And more details right like how i look at it right to frame it simply this is uh currently a, you know two trillion dollar asset class and if you compare this uh to other other asset class they are expecting you know 150 trillion dollars and uh, 300 trillion dollars to 300 trillion dollar dollars until you get to you know some of the bigger ones so um we have never seen right like in a human history that an asset class is not, not a single stock, not a token, but an entire asset class is expected to, uh, to go up hundred times, uh, by the end of the decade. That's where I think this is going. Right. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's very exciting. Right. And I think, you know, if you look back to, uh, let's say when, when a crypto start coming into the picture, right back in around, uh, the financial crisis uh leading up to 2020 right crypto was really uh, more finance driven more uh tech driven uh, apart from payments it was never really a space for brands to uh to really participate in the space you know but towards the start of uh uh 2020 is when we came across the you know concept of you know all this nfts and social tokens. And then, you know, then, you know, this is, I think, you know, then the libel kind of goes off and say, Oh my God, this crypto and web three and blockchain is about to, you know, have its cultural moment. And, you know, by default it's the brand moment. And I think that's why we're going to see a lot of opportunities, uh, you know, in the context of commerce. Right. So, um, yeah, does this does it, does it kind of help to say that, you know, the, the, the overall background for, for, you know, what we're going to talk about, uh, today about NFTs. This is cool.
0: You actually reminded me that you are so, you are so right. My friends, like, let's say I, I, consider myself IT geek, right. And my friends, other IT geeks back in those Bitcoin first, when they were like, the price was $100. So like even less, they, they could use the Bitcoins to buy, to buy a bunch of pizzas. Now imagine the price of Bitcoin today, right? And it was actually like not something, no one actually considered this as a currency, some like an asset. It was just, Oh, this is a cool technology. I invested like I did some stuff over there and now I can actually use it to buy a pizza. So that was very niche stuff where like, as you said, right? It was technology driven and now it's maybe much like can, can be used in the much bigger scale. But what is then this bigger scales? Like how, I don't know, how business can use those NFTs or in general, like this web 3.0? What what are the use cases then in this case?
2: Yeah. 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 Good question. Uh, so I think there are few use cases, I think uh, I can think of immediately, right? So as I mentioned uh, earlier, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't just stop financial securities anymore. For instance, uh, you know, intellectual property and licensing uh, can definitely, you know, be leveraged with this technology by by a lot of brands, uh, because there's tons of uh, efficiencies to be uh, had by, you know, tokenizing those types of contracts on chain, making it easy to uh, um, to find the province of those uh, who owns the uh, IP and how to license it, you know, and not to have to go through all the uh, uh all the middlemen that exist uh today so that extends to all types of contents as well you know you see the boom uh last year that a lot of uh, projects already you know creating nfts that also provides uh, utility value right things like uh access to uh to events uh concerts tickets you know uh on a piece of music etc right so um you know one of the newest trends that we've also seen is uh you know the whole concept of uh, you know nft uh avatars that where everyone wants their social profile to be uh to be representative of themselves all right so uh, you know it's very interesting I, I was actually at a event recently uh in tokyo and there was this uh uh 19 year old uh right guy super smart and he actually Created this uh, Instagram-like platform that people can upload their uh, NFTs and you know show off their collection. And right? he got a, a really big investment. He's only 19, so you know this 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 is a very very exciting space that we're in right now.
1: Hey kid, I had a question for you. Um, so a lot of conversations I have uh, with people about an NFT is that there's just a, a misconception on like what an NFT actually is. Um, a lot of people would say that like, oh, well, that's just digital artwork or, you know, people. I know Twitter is currently doing avatars where people can can, uh, you know, like have custom avatars if they're using a different program. Um, so NFT actually has a, a meaning. And so I was kind of curious if you could get into a, a bit of a background on like uh, actually defining what an nft is and then maybe why that's not necessarily
2: a digital asset um i think that might be helpful for some people yeah yeah sure so you know just just simplify things right so nft uh first of all stands for non-fungible token uh so they are um you know the textbook textbook tem- is that they are the uh, units of data that represent a unique digital asset right store and verified on blockchain so you know back to your question the differences between uh, uh, nft and digital asset i think is the uniqueness and the ownership right they are not they are not really uh, mutually exclusive uh so you know i mean six months ago right it, it, let's say if you ask most people they'll just tell you it's it's crypto art but since then i think it has evolved and we know it's it's more than that so you know um if i had to explain it in a simple way you know it's it's this new type of file format, similar to how if you would transfer a photo of yourself or, uh, you know, send a document over email, like you are sending it as a JPEG or PDF, but blockchain have their own digital native files and NFT just a, um, uh, a native, a digital native file for, for blockchain network. And, you know, that can be anything from art, uh, collectible, um, you know, carbon credit or anything, you know, any type of financial product that needs to be, uh, unique. Right. And um, so coming back uh, to, you know, uh, what I think NFT on a broad level, it's a trend of uh, tokenizing all type of assets and putting them on blockchain. Right. Um, I think one of the example I mentioned earlier uh, to Oleg's question is, you know, intellectual property or things like real estate. Right. And, uh, uh, and, you know, new type of assets that exist uh, from blockchain themselves. So, uh, in a nutshell, tokenizing asset, I think is what NFTs are all about. Uh, it's not the cryptocurrency themselves. And, uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, this is kind of how I see it. (laughs) Well,
1: there's actually a really good metaphor. Someone gave me once when I first started learning about why, you know, it it uses artwork as an example, but it's, uh, and describing why, like just right clicking on a digital asset and saying, oh, now I have this NFT too. Like whatever, is isn't actually a thing. Uh, the, the difference is uh, what what they said as a metaphor is that it's the difference between owning the Mona Lisa and taking a picture of it at, at the at the Louvre. you know like you can you can go and you see it, you can you can do whatever you want. There's different artwork you can get of it. Um, there's all sorts of but there's only one that that exists in the world. And there's you know a, a place for it, and so that intrinsic value of of having uh, the ownership of the original uh, is is something that's uh, it's significantly more uh, like financially, I guess, also you know a thing than it is just saying I can have this other format of the same thing, and um, like that being able to identify the uniqueness of something is is uh, is important. So that the concept of NFTs is more about the uniqueness and ownership of that uniqueness, regardless of what, whether it's like artwork or, you know, whatever that's associated with it, it's, it's literally any, anything can be associated with it, uh, with a unique tokenization that we've got. Oh, like you, you're shaking your head over there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I mean, I mean, like, it's just interesting to hear all of this because back in time when I just heard about NFTs, I didn't think about Mona Lisa use case, right? I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing allegory, like about using having having that the the picture of the Mona Lisa and just on the phone, and actually owning this art, right? Like it's in in the museum. It's the same as I don't know. It's with NFTs. You cannot just copy paste the something on the digital something online, some picture, and put it and just share and say it's yours, right? You can always validate it with the blockchain. You can always validate if you are actually the owner of this particular digital asset. And even in the past, who would think about digital assets, everyone like, oh, I cannot touch it. It doesn't exist. Right? While well, right now everything changes right now. You don't need to actually to touch it to say if it exists or not. This new technology allows the new use cases and new experiences for everyone. So with that kid i have a question how then you would see retailers using this technology how they can apply it on their day-to-day basis can they actually leverage from this in some way maybe i don't know maybe some friends already doing that
2: um yeah 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 very uh very good uh very good question so um i think again you know a i don't know if i mentioned this uh, i think you know this, this, you know, broader concept of uh, community engagement, right? Um, so I think what NFT does is that it allows that it allows, you know, people to kind of really come together and form a community around it. So, uh, how retailer can really leverage this is that really, they can tap into this kind of collective, let's call it a cre- creativity of your fans, your customer base and the communities you build, uh, your audience, something that I think is going to uh, expand the market for a lot of these uh, creative works, right? Whether it's art, with it's music, whether it's content creation, uh, what have you. And uh, uh, I think that's where these mar- markets are going to go. Uh, if you have the, you know, the IP built into some of these assets, well, then you can kind of push that out to your community. Right. Have that be community owned IP in a sense. You know, if you look at content creation, uh, maybe somebody has a newsletter or, you know, maybe somebody else in your community has a, has a podcast like this, and uh, maybe somebody, uh, is a, is a great videographer, they can actually start to create content and it's user generated content for the brands to kind of, uh, elevate them and elevate the platform and promote the products and services. So by buying into this kind of NFTs or, you know, social tokens, by having a piece of that, a piece of ownership in the community itself, it adds that, I think, extra layer of incentive, you know, for people to go above and beyond to really, really contribute to the success and growing the awareness of their favorite brands. Um, So I think that's where retail can really take advantage, right, to to better engage with the community and kind of you know, create this, uh, you know, a network of, you know, really, uh, how to say, uh, a network of people that can really, you know, uh, contribute a lot of value to help them, uh, you know, build even better brands, you know, for for some of these retailers, you know, um, So speaking of
1: community, um, there's a concept of metaverse, uh, which, you know, meta Facebook brand renaming, all that good stuff. Um, where, you know, this whole idea that you can actually have a virtual community, digital community that runs off of this as, uh, as, as a concept, um, curious if you can describe what you think, um, the metaverse is, and then maybe your, your, your thoughts on it. And we have a couple more questions about the metaverse
2: for you after that. Uh, yeah, yeah sure. So yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned about Facebook. Um, you know, I know Facebook is making a lot of noise about the, uh, metaverse, uh, but I don't think it's the true metaverse because you know, the true metaverse, I think it requires actual, have real, real ownership, um, in your assets. Um, and if you think about the history of Facebook, uh, it became big because they told everyone that, you know, they could build on its platform in an open manner until it becomes so big that they say, okay, you know what, actually, uh, we'll make money by just shutting on the borders and, uh, essentially, you know, controlling the space. Right. So. Uh, yeah, so looking into this space from a big picture perspective, I think, uh, you know, it will help to easy to conceptualize it, to think of it as an end state. And again, uh, you know, none of us actually know how it's going to evolve into where it's going. Right. Uh, Is this digitally fluid world where the physical and the digital worlds kind of uh, uh, where you where you can move around, live, exist or work, earn, etc. But if you, yeah. So if you conceptualize the metaverse as an end state or the start of an end state, it allows you to hold all these thoughts in your head, right? Um, something like a digital financial system, DeFi, uh, a digital system of uh, organism and corporations, uh, DAOs, right? Social tokens, um, system of uh, money for the communities that you are in uh nfts right digital identifiers and store of value within the digital world and uh interoperability and transferability of that value across various uh digital properties so all of that uh becomes the metaverse uh in my opinion
0: so if i understood you correctly not soon i will become the chosen one from matrix right like we will not be there everywhere Digitally, there will be no AI who will take over the world because it's it's not like fully virtual world where we'll just move, you know, from this physical biological world and we'll be just in those machines. It's not that, right? It's just some another scale of uh, another scale of capability that we can provide for the businesses, other stuff. So people don't worry. We are we are still we still have a chance to survive. Uh, jokes aside, uh, I have a question about the metaverse as well. Okay. It's, it's clear with your comments and like your explanations how we can actually use NFTs in the business. I, I honestly, my personal, personally, I am amazed with the use cases. What about metaverse then in this case? Like any, any chances the business somehow can use it or maybe it will impact them? Does, Anyone from the business side who listened to our podcast has to be worried and they have to make some actions to prepare for it. What is your on call? Like, what is your call on the possible impact on the businesses in this case?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, good question. So I think it's definitely going to unlock a lot of value and help, um, you know, cause, cause the community elements I mentioned earlier, right. So it's gonna, you know, probably have. You know, again, it's just my prediction, right? It's going to probably, uh, help the, uh, the brands probably going to create new products and services, you know, to kind of, uh, to, 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 uh, to be part of the metaverse. So, um, for example, uh, you know, I talked about, uh, NFTs earlier, I think in, in metaverse, you just have, you're going to have a bunch of NFTs together. For example, I can have a piece, uh, of NFT, uh, art or, um, Let's say uh, a piece of clothing that I that I bought from from a famous brand, and I can kind of uh, uh, kind of show that in my living room. I mean, doesn't maybe exist in the physical world, uh, but you know, if I want to show it to to a to a friend, I can do that. So maybe you know, those products gonna kind of become uh, uh, how to say like become popular, right? And people's gonna start creating those type of products. So it's kind of like, you know, Pokemon Go as a world where these digital and physical things kind of coexist. And, uh, you know, we can have different type of experiences. I think that's definitely uh, going to be, you know, something that the brands or, um, you know, a lot of businesses have to think about, right? For example, uh, you know, if you come visit me, I can leave you a digital map of my house. Uh, you know, because they're visiting Tokyo and I say, Hey, you know, it's only available to you and you know, you, you can put on some sort of glasses and you, 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 you been given kind of permission because you, you got a token and you look at it and you'll be able to kind of come here. So I think it's going to create a entirely, uh, a new experiences, you know, for, for the consumer and, and the brands definitely have to kind of think about how they can participate, uh, you know, in this, uh, in this space. Uh, going forward
0: so let's say tomorrow i go i mean it's virtually tomorrow tomorrow i go to ikea website and they look for some furniture and it's only not only a physical furniture but it can be also like a metaverse furniture and i can just have a sofa and don't have anything else but then i can buy those virtual stuff and i can just swap them right there is no let's say supply chain issues because I don't need to work wa- to wait for one month for something to be delivered or drive over there, and pick up because it just everything is digital, right? If I buy it, I already own it. It's already shipped in the second I, I click the place order. So the use case are great. At the same time, I'm honestly personally a bit nervous because it reminds me of the black, one of the black mirror series. I think it was there when they also had a wall with diff- digital assets, other stuff. I will not deep dive over there. It just. Like we are humans, we we try to think about positive and negative side of the technology that we are using. Right? But what what is your call on this shopping online experiences? Like I don't know. It's hit my mind with IKEA. Are there other use cases? For example, even for the commerce cloud uh, space, should now developers upskill themselves with what is metaverse, all those entities, and they have to implement something or it will not
2: impact us at least this year? Um, yeah, yeah. Great question. So, um, you, you know, how I look at it is, uh, you know, I mean, this space is still, you know, very new, we are still kind of in the, you know, experimental phase. So I don't think we'll get there anytime, um, fast, but we are definitely, you know, going to see a lot of brands and, uh, businesses, you know, start to kind of, uh, you know, take part. Uh, into this movement right um so what i can think of is something that maybe you know the, the example i mentioned earlier they will kind of um they, they will have the both both piece uh, of of a product for example they will sell some nfts you know uh to like some limited nfts to 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 the consumer then they will also kind of give them a physical product that comes along with it Right. And we see actually uh, some of the brands already doing that last year. Um, Deutsche Kibana, they sold their first collection of NFTs for, you know, $5 million plus last year. Right. And I, I think we're going to see a lot of brands start to, to do more of that. Right. And to kind of give the consumer, give their community, give the, consu- give their customer base a different type of experience, you know, with this, uh, uh with this new technology, like how it will evolve into, like, we don't really know, but it's definitely really exciting, you know, to see how they come up with different use cases, you know, by leveraging this, uh, this new technology.
1: So speaking of an evolving, it, it seems that the, in order for businesses to use this as a platform, they also need to evolve. Um, so there's this concept I've been seeing about digital headquarters, uh, that basically the companies are moving away from my understanding of it, anyway is that they're moving away from, uh, physical buildings and they're already starting to become more remote, but then this whole concept of being able to use the metaverse and things like that, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, on what a digital headquarters is and then kind of where you see that going in the future.
2: Yeah. 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 Um, good question. So, you know, like, you know, like personally, right. And for us you know, we've been, uh, working remote as far as I can remember since the first day I joined the company. So for me, you know, this physical headquarters already kind of fuzzy for me. So we don't, you know, really have like an office where we go all the time. You know, we only go because we choose to and maybe just to kind of meet face to face and interact with our colleagues. Right. So I think, you know, especially with, you know, COVID happened, we definitely already, you know, we already saw the trend of a lot of business moving towards that direction. So back to your question about digital quarters, I think, you know, um, uh, and, and of course in the context of metaverse, I think, you know, in the beginning, we're going to start to see a lot of this new, you know, application, like building different types of, um, uh, uh, workflows and apps that kind of mimic the physical experience, right? Like using Slack, uh, as the example, right, you have, you know, the new feature of uh, huddles, we're kind of mimicking the, you know, the traditional kind of spontaneous and informal conversation by the coffee machine. So, you know, we can already start seeing a lot of companies and a lot of businesses doing this, kind of, kind of adopting this, this, this new trend, this new behaviors of how we're going to work together, right? So, metaverse is going to be another level. You're gonna be able to do all types of different stuff by a part. not just, not just working, but you can also live. You can, you know, you. Uh, I mean, you can also earn money. So you can, you know, work in different styles. You already see uh, a lot of companies are doing that. For example, for gaming, you know, you have, uh, you know, those play to earn mechanism where you have an entity, you can earn passive incomes. Right. And um, yeah. So, so that's, I think where we are heading towards.
1: I actually, I actually saw a really interesting, um, it was a response to somebody who was talking about the metaverse and they were saying that, uh, I can't remember what, what company it was, but they did a demo on, I think it was Twitter where they went through and showed their metaverse. And it was really fascinating because they had the ability to have like private conversations where like they had like little circle shapes that were underneath an umbrella. And if you're within that space, no one within outside of that s- uh, space can hear you. Uh, you can go to a counter that was set up for HR and then ask a question and someone, it would, uh, they explained it that it would ping uh, someone within their HR department and then it would magically just show up in, in the thing. And so they were actually having uh, what seemed like a face to face conversation, but obviously it was with avatars, uh, but it was all happening in real time. So there's people all over the world. And then you can also there's you know, walk around and interact with other employees and do whatever you want and, and still have the ability to have private conversations. So at first I was kind of like that seems like a game, but the uh, you know, actually there was already games that were kind of sim- similar like to this as far as um like that started a long time ago. Um like Second Life kind of things. But uh this being a workforce it seemed like it was a really cool uh concept because it was uh like a digital headquarters where literally like you we're bringing your employees to a place that there was a whole world set up for them. Uh, they can interact with each, with each other, but they can also interact with the business and it still solve some of the business problems. So seeing that already come out now, um, like th- that, their company's fully using and it. it's been out like this year, uh, to me, it seemed like a pretty exciting concept for like larger corporations that are already remote, that have employees all over the world. Um, so yeah, oh like did you to look at your gun raise something?
0: I just like when kids had about like chat about yeah the coffee machine with the huddle. I was I don't know when Slack into this huddle I was like, eh, what like I can do a Zoom call like a Google Meet call like other calls like why need this huddle? Like they also had the feature of the call right the real call you just call and do the stuff. Like, it was, I was I honestly I didn't understand the value of it then. Uh, last year, moved here to Sydney, lockdown, few months, just at home, you cannot go out, right? And sometimes you want to communicate, you want to speak with your team and going through the calendar, waiting, setting up the schedule, the meetings. It's like those more formal conversations, right? They don't always work out. And you, I, I personally I had the cases where you just like, you are too, not lazy, but you're tired of typing all the time. You just want quickly to explain something. And then I started to use huddle. I was just, let's huddle. Like, and then you go and chit chat a bit, few minutes, like two, three minutes, one minute, just quickly clarify some stuff and that's it. And you're off. And what I love over there, like there are no videos, right? So if you're sitting in some t-shirts, you know, relaxed, like you don't have to prepare yourself, may make up before the video call, because, you know, you will have to share your face. You like really in very relaxed way can have very comfortable conversation with someone. That's... That's who like this allegory with a coffee chit chat. I love it. And it's exactly how I see the digital kind of those digital headquarters theme impacting the way how we work and communicate together. Even imagine three of us guys right now, we're in this conversation, the podcast. I'm sitting in Australia, kid in Japan, and Peter, you in US. Like before that, who would even imagine, right? I mean, but. It could be so easy just to, hey, guys, let's do a podcast, come to the same platform, do this conversation, and that's it, right? It's all impacted over there. So we talked about NFTs. We talked about metaverse, but I also heard that those terms called Web 1.0, Web 2.0, Web 3.0, and not everyone actually knows what it is. So some, I mean, Peter, I think we had a very good discussion last time, and you were kind of talking about the difference, maybe before we will act, actually ask it, maybe you can bring a light a bit. What's your call on those different one, two, three, zero in, near the web?
1: Well, so yeah, just like a h- quick history lesson for the, the, ner- uh, you know, the other graybeards that are not listening, they already know this stuff, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so web, web 1.0, uh, I think when it was written, again, I'm, I'm not an expert either, but this is just my takeaway and, and generalization of it. Um, so, web Web 1.0 could be fairly summarized as being uh, the concept of having everyone had a, a computer. So, I think the the original thought was going to be that if you wanted to partake in the internet, um, then you are intranet back then. Like you had a uh, you had your own computer. Your computer was the server. Uh, if you wanted to interact with another person, that person also had to have a computer. And everyone that uh, shared information was was literally accessing uh, each other's machines. Uh, Web 2.0 comes along to try to solve a problem. Uh, so uh, so Web 1.0 would be considered decentralized because everybody back then had, had to have their own equipment and had to have their own stuff. Uh, and there wasn't one thing that kind of ruled everything. Uh, Web 2.0 comes along um, to solve a pretty real problem, which was that not everybody wanted to have a server (laughs) in their house or needed to have a server in their house uh, or even needed to, you know, like set up a bunch of computers or needed to have IP addresses and DNS's and all the rest of this stuff. So what came out of that was uh, like a centralized platforms like uh, the, you know, the digital oceans and AWS's of the world or whatever that that can actually spin up. Uh, servers and websites for people, and then everyone else can join those. Um, and then that became kind of the Web 2.0. And then that was more of, of like a centralized process because there were businesses built on top of uh, having networks and things like that. Um, so not every single person had to have one. Web 3.0 seems to be going back to the roots of, in my mind anyway, the Web uh, Web 1.0 where there is uh, a decentralized nature to it. And it seems, and this is where I'd be interested to hear kids thoughts on this, but it seems to me that this is, uh, the web three is going to be kind of similar to web 1.0, but it's going to be more of building an infrastructure on ownership and these concepts of digital assets and then building a foundation and an infrastructure on, on that, that kind of a a, a platform. So correct me, kid, what did I get wrong?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 you're, you're right. I think on, on a conceptual level, but I think, um, you know, we, like how I think about it is it's more about the, you know, the, 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 the situation that the brand, like how, how people are, um, are using it. Right. So let's see, uh, let's say if you're a brand and you've spent the last decade in, let's say web two, 2.0 and, uh, social and building your brand, you've essentially accept the handcuffs of this you know, big uh, tech companies like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, you know, this big intermediaries that you, you basically renting the communication, right? Why it all started with roses and, you know, uh, to build online communities, that's not how it turned out. So as you can imagine, it's very frustrating, right? Uh, not being able to own your content uh, own your brand and build a true relationship with your customers, right? So I think for me, Web 3.0 is about, um, it's about data ownership in a sense. And what happens is that right now, most of us don't really uh, appreciate, uh, uh, you know, what digital uh, data ownership really means. Because, you know, uh, it, like for my generation as well, right? Like we've been trained that only physical ownership matters. Yet, if we actually lose access to, uh, to our digital lives today in a way that, you know, you're no longer able to live in a fulfilling life, right? Because we are so connected digitally. And so, you know, for me, you know, you know, back to some of the uh, topics we discussed earlier like NFTs and, you know, uh, you know, digital ownership is so crucial, you know, because in a way, you know, you could kind of on your first property that you want to defend and protect you know like home ownership if you own a piece of property then you you care that piece of property is truly yours and you care about whether it's a you know freehold or leasehold and you you care about whether you know there's a government that will ensure that your property rights are respected right so you can pass to your to your children or you know whoever you want to pass it to so i think yeah for me right back to my initial point, web 3.0 is about this, uh, it's about this data ownership, right. And, uh, um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can extend, you know, I can maybe talk more about it, like, you know, on the brand side, you know, the, the, the question, you know, the biggest question probably how they can leverage the technology in line with, uh, with the business strategy. So, you know, like. I think there's a lot of people certainly love to dive into the technology itself, but it's more of those questions about what does actually unlock something that wasn't unlocked before. And so really, uh, you know, like if you think about in that pers- perspective, it, it, it helps you to kind of, you know, understand the, the this transition much, much better, right? Instead of just kind of looking at, in the, in the, in how to say, like in a, just, just focus on the, Uh, On the technology itself.
1: Yeah. Uh, So this kind of naturally brings up some concerns that I know you and I uh, talked, Kid and Olog, before the show, and I think before even then about some of the concerns are for this is. just off the top of my head like this whole concept of, of you know web 1, 0, 1.0 being kind of decentralized or not kind of it was decentralized uh, to 2.0 being more uh, centralized this 3 3.0 being decentralized but for more ownership and and things like that that the nat- the next natural transition that might be more centralized platforms that help people get onto, you know, like the the web three. So like the web, the web 4.0, if you will, will be a bunch of, uh, companies like Facebook's and whatever of the future that then make platforms to make it easier to do this stuff that you could not easily do on web three because of, um, just, you know, like, adoption issues that that might be there. So uh that was some of the questions I had for uh there, um, to go over with you on on some of that stuff was uh that, that do you have any thoughts on that for already like the the next what happens after web 3.0 um are there any concerns with like limitations with what we've currently got um it's probably the first question i have and then i've got a few more for
2: you after that. <laughs> so you know i get, i guess you know in in the context of uh, you know privacy and security um you know obviously this is a very new space so you know i think what i mentioned earlier is that we're still kind of in the experimental phase rather than the mass rollout phase so you know we don't actually know what's going to be built until it happens right so um but like i i think you know just by like how i look at it is you know because the network is so strong you have you know the people that are financial experts, that are you know very smart engineers, that are you know mathematicians. They are owing this together. Uh, how I look at this, uh, eventually they will figure it out, right? Um, and in terms of privacy and securities, you know, uh, well, we sold our privacy to Google and Facebook fifteen years ago, and we're never going to get it back anyway. Uh, so you know, it, it's not like it's it's going to be a huge concern. And, you know, we, we we still you know live normally today. You know, there's not a lot of yeah, of course, there are people talking about it can com- complain about it, but, you know, it's it's not it's such a big concern that, you know, that would kind of prevent the mass adoption of people using it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, some of the shortcoming, obviously, they're still there. Um, you know, the assets on blockchain needs to be um, freely and openly composable. And that means you you not only have, you know, not only have the true ownership, but. Parties can adapt and modify and compose, and you know, on top of these assets to create some powerful things, uh, which means we have to have uh, an incentive built in, right? That's uh, where you, will you uh, hear me earlier about the tokenized community where people are incentivized to kind of contribute to build because they have a stake in a community with, the, with this new technology, and that's what it enables. Um, so yeah, I I really were, I really think we're definitely going to have to improve some of the uh, the areas today because it's still kind of uh, a little fuzzy, you know, um, uh, between you know some of the decentralization and centralization element. So um, you know, in the future, when everything is becoming more of a digital asset, whether it's our investment, you know, uh, our our work, or, or um, you know, the the intellectual property things that. Uh, we have money from, uh, our digital identity, which is, you know, all kind of right, or going to kind of NFTs. Uh, but we haven't, yet. I think we really had to figure out how to really navigate, uh, around this world, you know, the UI UX elements, uh, are definitely still kind of far behind where we are today. Right. For example, like, even though, you know, there are a lot of people using it, like, if I tell my mom, Hey, you know, uh, I have this NFT. I want to send to you, she will have no idea how to, where to start. So there's definitely a lot of, you know, the user experience part of it, definitely need to need to be improved for the mass market to, uh, to start using it.
0: It reminds me on the move of the microservices architecture for those small technologies, right? We had everywhere where monoliths, right. And. They started the move to actually slice it in the smaller pieces, give more independence to the people and the move also of the open source as well. Right? Like everyone were owning the code, not sharing. Now it's running with open source. And in the beginning, people also did the mistakes. So it's learning curve everywhere. The same, like with entities, metaverse, digital headquarters, we are human beings with every innovation, there is always a room for the mistakes. What actually matters that we understand that that we will learn, that we will make it better and we will move on. I love all the discussion that we had today. I really appreciated Kid that you could bring more light in terms of Web Three Zero about impacts for the business, different use cases. I also much appreciate for Peter history lesson because I love that one. I knew I wanted Peter to bring into this podcast because we had a chat before and like Peter was explaining me this and I had no clue about the difference between 110, 1, 0, 20, 0, and three zero. I didn't know about this. So I'm happy we discussed that. And usually, not usually, actually, often in our podcast kit, we have, uh, in the end, part message to the community where our guests have a chance to share, share their thoughts or I don't know, whatever you want to say. So this is your message to the community.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, back to, you just, just kind of, uh, you know, um, summarize the topic we discussed today around NFT, around metaverse, you know, around web three, I mean, this space is much bigger than anybody can possibly imagine, you know, we can spend a lot of time imagining where this is going, you know, but, you know, every time we turn over a different rock, we go, oh my God, you know, that's going to change too. And that's going to change too. So, you know, um. So I think it's really important for us to really understand it. Uh, you know, we don't really know how this sh- is going to shape out, uh, but it's definitely, you know, uh, for me, I think it's important to kind of just have some awareness and, and be part of it and try to see how you can va- add value. Um, you know, when this becomes more developed, right. And it's first and second is, uh, you know, um, OSF, you know, we, you know, we're trying to do a lot of, uh, uh innovative things. I'm not saying we're building any NFTs or Metaverse right now, but uh, we're definitely in the forefront of, you know, innovation, if if anything exciting, if there's an opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, help the brands to improve their, um, you know, their businesses in terms of commerce, you know, we, we're definitely gonna be there first. So that being said, uh, we're expanding really fast. And if you, uh, you know, uh, If you're interested and you want to kind of uh, talk about, you know, how you can be involved, you know, feel free to reach out to me, especially if you're in, uh, in, in APAC. So, and thank you for having me. It's been a, it's been a pleasure to, to talk about uh, some of the stuff we discussed today.
0: Thank you, Kit. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, our dear listener and see you next time.